All right, everyone, welcome to the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I guess you could say this is another emergency podcast. Obviously, there's a lot of news that broke yesterday. We'll get into all of that. Joining me today is co-host Dan Hauser. Dan, it's nice to see you again. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're doing these emergency podcasts way more often. Not that I don't enjoy it, but I feel like there's it's a pretty crazy time right now in golf. Definitely. And I know yesterday, obviously, uh, a lot of news broke in the world of men's professional golf with PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and the Public Investment Fund agreeing to merge together. The PIF, of course, is the main investor in Live Golf. And uh, it seemed like everybody was dropping emergency pods yesterday. And so we wanted to wait here at GU for at least 24 hours to see what else would come out. Otherwise, I think we could do one of these episodes every single hour <laughs> as, as news continues to unfold. But all that being said, um, Dan, when you heard the news, obviously we chat all day long, but let our listeners know your initial reaction. Cause I think you actually let me know that this was happening. I was in the car and you sent a text to me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I kind of alerted our little golf group chat that we have that this happened yesterday, but so I'll take everyone kind of behind the scenes on how that whole thing originated. I was, you know, up yesterday morning, just kind of scrolling Twitter, getting my day started like I always do. And I came across a Gary Williams tweet that he had uh, retweeted a CNBC tweet. And so initially, obviously, with how Twitter is these days, my first thought was, is, OK, let me make sure this is actually the real, real Gary Williams. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure that what he retweeted is actually the real CNBC. And then let me click the CNBC link and make sure that this is an actual real CNBC story and not like a fake link. Of course, and this is super inside uh, joke for just you and I. I also made sure that it wasn't April 1st. <laughs> um, that's another story for another time. So after right. essentially triple and quadruple checking and confirming that everything was real and legit, I immediately uh, started rapid fire texting you and everyone else. I was like, guys, like emergency, emergency. This is happening right now. I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, from there... Um, it was actually really cool because basically from there, as soon as everything started happening, Golf Channel immediately jumped on the air mm -hmm. uh, and didn't go off the air for, I think it ended up being over eight hours without taking a commercial break, but we can talk about that a little later about that awesome coverage yesterday. So of course, uh, I immediately followed, fired up Golf Channel uh, and then just started watching the carnage of the day essentially unfold from there. Yeah. And you know, I at this point, listeners, I mean, you pretty much know the main details and we're all still kind of waiting to see how this unfolds because Dan, I, I mean, there's a lot of details that we still don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions that remain unanswered, such as, you know, what does this mean for the PGA Tour's future? What does this mean for live golf or will it even exist after this year? I mean, there's some argument that could be made that perhaps that's not the case um, because at the end of the day, what essentially happened was that the public investment fund, which is, of course, uh, Saudi Arabia's main, uh, they're driven by Saudi Arabia. They essentially own the PGA Tour now. And you could even extend that to say they own men's professional golf, which what comes with that are all the things that everyone's been talking about if you are on the side of not liking live golf in the first place. So, I mean, in your mind, what does this do to the landscape of the professional side of the game, at least that we both love? Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because during my extensive viewing of golf channel yesterday, one of the people they had on was Mike Tirico and he brought up a good point that I hadn't initially thought of. And he said, okay, well the Saudis are now 
in American sports. Up mm-hmm. until now, they had not been able to, you know, sort of crack the code and get into the American sports landscape. They obviously have their own sporting leagues in their own country. They're very, very well invested in European soccer and a lot of other European sports. They had not been able to, to get into United, U.S. sports. So they started with golf and specifically they've now started with men's golf. What's to stop them from now trying to buy the LPGA? What's to right. stop them from now essentially becoming the exclusive NIL arm for college golf? Like what's to stop them from basically saying, Hey, listen, college golfers, NIL is a thing. Now come to us. We literally have an unlimited fund that we can just spend on collegiate golf. And it, so yes, they have started with men's golf, but I don't have any reason to believe that they're going to stop right. with just men's golf. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I was actually just talking to my wife about it this morning, you know, kind of explaining why this is such a huge deal. Because, I mean, obviously she follows golf, but not to the degree that, you know, two sickos like you and I do. But this is also the reason or one of the reasons why other major news outlets are picking this up that normally wouldn't cover golf. You know, this is a move that could potentially have wide reaching implications like you just described. And plus, oh, by the way, there's the whole morality side of the whole thing, which you and I have talked about extensively. People know where we land on that. Listeners, if you don't know by now, you know, I don't I don't know where you've been. I mean, Dan and I are not the biggest supporters of what, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and and at least a section of that government does, uh, to say the least. But this is, I think, a interesting situation because of the number of people who actually knew this was going to happen it was very very small in terms of the people who knew this it was kept very close to everyone's chest that is very rare i mean i I was shocked i don't know how you feel about how few people actually knew this was going on oh absolutely and i think that you know and we talked about how we didn't immediately hop on yesterday to do this because we wanted to see more information come out and last night i actually read that Essentially, this was going to leak. And so the the basically the three main people involved, which is Jay Monahan, Jimmy Dunn, and um I, I I've been hearing his name all day and I still can't figure out how to properly properly sure. pronounce it, but the guy from the PIF mm-hmm. um basically went and announced it yesterday so they didn't get scooped on their own story. And so with the lack of answers that we have, including from those three directly, it leads me to wonder or think that they're not even sure what exactly is going on yet, that they essentially had to announce this before they wanted to. And before all the details were worked out, so they didn't get scooped on their own story. So you talk about how none of us really know what's going on. I don't think that the three of them even fully know what's going on yet. Right. I I would, that's the way that it's being projected for sure. Um, Which of course, whenever that happens and whenever limited information comes out, you're forced to you're forced into this world of conjecture right i mean so what did the saudis have on on jane monahan you know what uh, what's going to come out or could potentially come out in the antitrust lawsuit that was continuing in discovery you know because once something comes out in discovery as we know and our mutual friend will bardwell has told us it becomes public knowledge everyone would know the dirty laundry then and i think that is of important note Obviously, because in the memo that the PGA Tour released, it was specifically mentioned that this ends all litigation that was going on. So clearly that was a big driver, no matter which bullet point they wanted it on the memo. That was a big driver for this. Uh, 
I don't even know where to begin. And maybe you can help point us in that direction as to what, like, what does this do for people who enjoy watching pro golf? We've just went through 12 months at least of this combative atmosphere in the game. Where is your head at right now with all this? So I can tell you my, my first initial reactions to this yesterday after I kind of (laughs) was able to, process everything and the fact that this happened my first two thoughts were one um this was such a major major slap in the face for all these pga tour guys who very famously turned down massive deals from live i mean we talking about ricky fowler turned down 75 million that we know about uh jordan speed justin thomas turned down hundreds of millions of dollars that we know about rory what i think the numbers had been thrown around at one point for him were a, a half a billion uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Tiger very famously three quarters of a billion. Um, these guys turned down hundreds of millions of dollars, and now at the end of the day, they're in the same boat as the guys that took the money. So right. they they are. It's crazy to t- say this about multi multi millionaires, but these guys are now incredible losers. Mm-hmm. Um, they pledged their allegiance to the tour. They turned down hundreds of millions of dollars to set their families up for life. And they have literally nothing to show for now because Brooks and DJ and all the guys who did take the money are now going to be, well, in theory, once again, these are things we still don't know, but in theory, they're going to be welcomed back. Uh, How joyously they're going to be welcomed back. We don't know (laughs) Uh, the extent of the fines they'll have to pay. We don't know, but something tells me that all that money that they got up front from live will help cover some of those costs. If, if, if the Saudis don't, pay for it on their own. I mean, you know, who, who knows at this point, obviously, of course, either. So that was my initial reaction. And then my second thought was, and we talk about on the shows for as much of golf sickos as we are. And the fact that we have a podcast about golf, we don't tend to watch a ton of the week right. in and week out golf anymore. I, and I don't, I honestly, my, my second thought was, I don't know how much professional men's professional golf. I really want to watch now anymore, at least in the interim. Same. And I know we have the U S open coming up next week. And it's like, I don't even know how much of that I'm really going to want to watch because I know it's just going to be overshadowed by all of this. And every, every conversation and every press conference is going to be about this. And it's just, uh, I still love playing the game of golf. Uh, obviously we are at a point now in the women's game where thanks to Rose Zhang, it's about as healthy as it's been. So it's going to be fun to watch that. But as far as the men's game goes at just how much fun is it going to be now to really be, I don't know. I, I, and, and maybe maybe I'll turn on the U.S. Open next week and, and it'll be a major and it'll waft back over me and I'll be reminded why I w- love watching this game so much. But like yesterday, it was like, do I really want to even keep taking the spending my time watching this? Yeah, I, I have to admit I'm I'm in the same boat. And, you know, it's it would be irresponsible or I don't even know if that's the right word for me to not at least admit that all of the the um, the backing of of live and and how I feel about certain things in life in general doesn't isn't a driver behind that you know like I just I don't want to deal with uh, people always say that you know you want to leave politics or whatever out of sports and all that other stuff it's just it's hard to do that especially when you've got such a major player in the world economy who is involved in this thing and there are all these arguments of course you know, Saudi Arabia money is in everything that we do, every walk of life. That's true. That's absolutely true. But in the same instance, it's not to the degree and for the obvious purpose that 
Saudi Arabia and the public investment fund wanted to purchase a major sport. It's it's sports washing, period. And we we know that. We've talked about it. You and I have on the show. You know, it's it's one of those things where you just want to have this escape, at least for me, where you want to watch something that you enjoy. We've talked at length on this podcast why we started doing what we do. And now it's a matter of do we even cover men's professional golf now? You know, because how can you just stick to the golf, which all these players keep saying, oh, I'm just a golfer. I'm just, you know, you can't do that now, at least like you said, in the interim. And it's not a fun thing to talk about, despite it being obviously the biggest news in golf probably ever. And like I said earlier, too, this is just their this is just their introduction into the American sports landscape. They're in now. They have found a way to get in to the United States when it comes to sports. They had already been in here. You, you mentioned in many other organ, you know, companies and whatnot, and mm-hmm. that that's fine. But from a sports perspective, they're now in. So right. there's now. I mean, yes, there are still red tape and and whatnot, but in theory, there's nothing stopping them from now buying an NFL team, buying a MLB team, buying an NBA team, buying multiple teams, because that's what we see in European major European soccer. They own multiple teams in multiple leagues throughout, you know, in England, in, in Italy, you know, so it's just, there's nothing. (laughs) I mean, with the amount of money they have, there's nothing stopping them from basically buying the NFL period. Like forget one team, they could literally buy the entire league with the amount of money they have. So uh, yeah, this is just, the tip of the iceberg and now they're in. So the, the, there's no, there's no, there's nothing stopping them from financially from expanding to more than just golf. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and the, the, the uh, disclaimer there um, or the modifier you included is an important one financially, because what I find to be interesting about this whole thing is that the initial argument from live golf, at least was the PGA tour was a monopoly. Well, they've essentially just created a bigger monopoly with this move. I mean, there is no other competition for the men's professional game right now, especially with this as and especially since the European tour or the DP World Tour was also included in this. And Jay Monahan in his ridiculous comments that he made yesterday, one of the things that he said is this takes a competitor off the board. Well, it's like you're saying the quiet part out loud, dude. Like you, you literally just bought up your competition so that there is none. That is partially what a monopoly is. And so that's important because there's a chance that the Department of Justice could put an end to this or at least attempt to. I don't think all of this was thought out. Listen, I want to preface this on the front end um, that I don't know anything. So please, nobody (laughs) quote me on this. But yeah, no kidding. (laughs) We've seen Rory's press conference now. he seems to, despite being stabbed literally, or not literally, but figuratively stabbed in the back by Jay Monahan, he seems to still be taking up for Jay Monahan in the tour. Okay, so that's fine, whatever. I don't see any reason, and once again, I'm not a lawyer, don't quote me on this, I don't know anything. What's to stop some of these uh, more rank-and-file guys? Or not even that, what's to stop somebody like a Ricky Fowler from mm-hmm. basically now suing this new entity and saying, hey... Uh, I, w- I could have taken $75 million from these guys. You basically told me not to. You told me that if I did this, I was essentially going to be kicked off your tour. You told me all these really bad things that would happen to me if I did it. And then you just went ahead and did it. Right. You know, also, let's, let's, for- 
from a competitive balance standpoint too, okay, the tour already before all this happened essentially became more of a closed door system with what their new schedule was going to look like starting in 2024. So already for these kind of rank and file guys or the guys that are maybe, you know, from, from 50 to a hundred, you know, 120 in the, in the world or in the, the tour rankings, uh, we're already going to find it more difficult for them to find playing opportunities on the regular or to get into these elevated events or to put a full schedule together. Now you're basically going to, in theory, be bring, letting all these live guys come back. Right. And all these, for the most part, for the majority of these live guys already were, were PGA Tour members who would not have needed to requalify. Like, yes, do we have the Chase Kepkas of the world who had never gotten access to the PGA Tour anyway? You know, we'll see what happens to them. But so now these guys who already were getting left out of the big events are basically, in theory, going to get cut in line again by the DJs and the Cam Smiths and the Brooks Kepkas and the Phils of the world who are basically going to come back in and after they pay their fines or suspension, say, okay, great. Well, I'm back now. So I'm going to play in every single one of these events. So now the guys that were on the fringes of even those events are going to get bumped down. And then because of that, the guys that were on the fringes of the full field events are going to get bumped. Mm -hmm. There are going to be a lot of not just angry golfers, but I think there are going to be a lot of, angry men's professional golfers who are going to have legit legal cases because also on top of that, this new entity is not going to be a non-for-profit. It is going to be a for-profit entity, which I believe makes litigation and legal action taken easier than if they had, than if you had taken it against a non-for-profit entity like the tour had been. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of factors like that, that just simply haven't been ironed out yet, which was, one of the criticisms that we all had about live golf in the first place. Like it almost seemed like they started this thing and then, Oh, we'll just figure everything else out later. Well, that's exactly what just happened now. I mean, cause it, many of the questions that you just posed are included. In addition to that, what happens to Monday qualifiers? What happens to this, this, that, you know, there's so many things that obviously were not thought through despite the fact that reports are suggesting Jay Monahan, Jimmy Dunn, a few others at the table were planning this for at least two months, which is also asinine by the way, because as we understand from the previous world <laughs> prior to yesterday, any big decision like this had to be brought to the player advisory council, at the PGA tour for a vote. They didn't know about it. And we know that to be true because Mackenzie who's uh, Hughes sits on that. He didn't know about it. He said so on Twitter. Uh, Max Homa, another one on the P on the pack, didn't know about it. And it also goes all the way up to the names in the game that you would think know everything. If there was anybody who would know anything, it would be Tiger, Rory, even Jack. They didn't know anything about it. And so it's hard to not come to a conclusion, at least for me, that Monaghan made this decision, obviously, independently, perhaps with one other person, of course because of something that he didn't want to get out. That's complete conjecture. I want to be very clear, <laughs> as we know. And by the way, listeners, we are aware that there are people quoting us on reports that we did not report. Uh, don't pay attention to any of them. But if any of those idiots are listening to this right now, I want to make sure to say yeah, right. this is complete conjecture. But it, it's hard to not jump to something like that, especially when everything was so secretive. So as we think ahead, oh, go ahead, go ahead. 
Yeah, I would say you you mentioned that the players didn't know, the agents didn't know, the policy board didn't know. The right. other thing that I found interesting that once again we learned as the day went on yesterday, CBS, NBC, Golf Channel, I guess in theory to the CW, none of the TV partners had any idea, which, okay, I, it's one thing if you don't want to tell your players, like, I don't agree with that decision, but that's fine. But not even letting your television partners know who now are going to have to, in theory, scramble to figure out, A, do we still want to partner with you now that you are bringing in the Saudis? Because obviously, if we had wanted to be involved in the Saudis, we would have just gone ahead and partnered with Liv in the first place instead of Liv hang, having to go to the CW. Right. B, uh, guess what? You're probably going to ask for more money now because now all of a sudden you're going to give us uh, essentially a, a a world tour with all these guys back every week again. C, uh, what is this going to mean for our weekly schedules now? Because obviously we also have other programming other than just golf. I just because in in theory, I, I believe I know it hadn't been released yet in full, but we already knew kind of what the 2024 schedule was going to look like which means the TV networks obviously already knew what it was going to look like. So they could start planning out their 2024 uh, ad schedules, ad pricing, their, their, their just in general, their airing of whatever they want to. So it just, there's a it whole com- lot more yeah. that goes beyond this. Just the, there's a whole lot more involved in this, just beyond the players and what we see in golf, what we see on TV, I should say. Yeah. I mean, from a logistics standpoint, this created a bigger mess than we had. I mean, that's, that's a period basically. And, you know, and obviously we wanted to wait to get an episode out. We know that the players meeting took place. We heard reports from very multiple sources that 90% of the room who was there, first of all, the players were essentially just livid at Jay Monahan, which we thought would happen. 90% of the room were in favor of uh, new leadership at the PGA tour, there was a standing ovation. There was a exchange between Grayson Murray, a friend of the show, not uh, as well as Rory McIlroy. I mean, there's all these things that happen and it's clear right now that more things are broken by this decision, especially in terms of morale and, and whatever else, than at least right now, anything that was fixed because of this decision. I mean, how do you see it? Yeah, so I and there was an interesting tweet that um, Monday Q put out uh, last night after talking with uh, Wesley Bryan, mm-hmm. uh, and he said uh, he had asked Wesley Bryan to rate on a scale of one to one to one hundred how contentious the meeting was, and Wesley Bryan said that it was a ninety-one and quote the most heated meeting he'd attended in his career before that was a fourteen. So. Think about basically these meetings are nothing really happens in them. Guys talk, guys say a couple things, everyone moves on with their day. This was a ninety-one out of a hundred in his words. Like, yeah, there were talks. Were for, there were talks. There were talks for Jay Monahan to resign. There were talks for can we fire him. There were talks for. I mean, it's just. And then you even had some guys who just were, were on site and were like. I'm not even going to bother to go to this because what's the point? Because it doesn't, doesn't matter what I say. The tour clearly does not care and they are not going to listen anymore. So why right. am I going to even waste my time sitting in this? I think it was Tommy Fleetwood who said that, who, who was seen uh, walking past the clubhouse yesterday while everyone was in there basically saying, what, well, 
yeah, what's the point of basically wasting my time and even going in there? And if it wasn't Tommy Fleetwood, I'm sorry to Tommy for putting those words in his mouth, but I'm almost positive that I read that it was him. Yeah. Yeah. Just weird visuals of both, you know, what we're seeing unfold on social media as well as any uh, pictures that were coming out. I mean, there, I remember seeing a picture of what appeared to be essentially Saudi soldiers or guards standing outside the door of the players meeting. I mean, that that alone just kind of tells you, OK, this has been a takeover. And now I don't want to get down the path of, you know, hyperbole or, or, you know, starting any fires where they don't need to be started. At the end of the day, though, there are many losers in this. And I think at least initially golf fans, no matter what people are saying, I mean, there's just so much confusion for all of us. And there are going to be a group of, of fans that just sit back, probably listeners to the show who are probably thinking, Adam, Dan, just shut up, lean back, sit back. It's going to, everything's going to be fine, which maybe that's the case. Maybe, maybe Dan, you and I, and, and Nikki, I know she's on vacation, but we'll get, we'll hear from her as well. All right, everyone really quick. Nikki Dunnigan is joining us from her vacation in Hilton Head Island. Nikki, nice to see you. Yep. Good to see you too. Yeah. The timing of this announcement could not have been more worse. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we actually, we were literally walking out the door to go to the beach yesterday and I, I actually had not been checking my phone like at all. And my husband goes, is this like a joke? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, Phil Mickelson just tweeted, uh, that like the PGA and liver merging. I said, no, that's not true. That is a joke. Put your phone down. Let's go. And he's like, this is like his like real account. My my husband like doesn't tweet either. And so I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, it's like from CNBC. I was like, no, that's like not, CNBC doesn't do golf either. No, let, put your phone down. We're going to the beach. We're like, and then I had like 75 text messages from you guys. And I was like, right. oh wait, hang on. This might actually be a thing. Hold on. So then the rest of my day was just shot. And I'm trying to like keep up with like no internet and it just, it was a mess. So, so yeah. So now I'm checking in, trying to share my thoughts from vacation and I've got like five minutes before we go to dinner. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, one of the things that I know Dan and I talked a little bit about was just what this means for us as fans, as far as our interest in all of this, we can go into further detail in future episodes about, the logistics of how this could have happened, what this means for the bigger story of golf. But as you, for you as a fan, what are you feeling right now with all of this? Annoyed that it's ruining my vacation, but like, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know because I feel like there's just so much that we still just don't know. There's too many pieces that are missing. I mean, if I was home, I would be able to follow this more closely and like put more of the pieces together. So I feel like, but even though, even the people who are following the pieces still don't know enough. But I also, yeah, I don't know. There's just too many, I don't know. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. And I know there's a lot of people who are annoyed. And, but I also, there's a part of me that's like, well, you know, the people who were like super casual golf fans who were like, why haven't I seen Phil on my TV in a while? They're going to get to see Phil on their TV again. So uh, what does it matter? I mean, but then the announcement about like team golf coming to the PGA, like that, don't like that. But I mean, but then there's another part of me that's like yesterday, the golf channel streamed for eight hours in a row. Like they can do that for an announcement like this, but they can't do a broadcast without cutting in 
in the middle of a tournament on a very important, you know, when the scores are super close, like, and so I don't know. I just have so many thoughts bouncing around in my head. And then I have the thought of like, what did they have on Jay Monahan to make mm-hmm. him make this decision? Like it gives me, um, I can't stop thinking about like the Reynolds pamphlet song in Hamilton, like very like the room where it happened, you know, like yep. nobody really knows what went down, but like they had to have had something for him to have been so against it for so long. And then now he's like, I know I said some things, but you know, things changed. What changed? What right. do they have on you? Like what, what, what is your PP tape that they have on you? You know what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> That's like, yeah. Those yeah. are my thoughts. Any quick thoughts about, or for, the PGA tour players that remained loyal. Oh, I feel like Rory, they did to Rory what Scooter Braun did to Taylor Swift. Mm. And I think that Rory needs to go full Taylor Swift and re-record all of his albums, all of his records and create a new era's tour. And so I can stay up till midnight and watch on live stream on tiktok every night for whatever it is that rory's doing that's my comparison i don't know but i i do i think i think rory got screwed and i feel bad for him and like where's tiger where what is his opinion on this i mean i i don't know maybe that's why tiger's been silent for a while i I don't know i think they got screwed i feel bad for him i know i was actually the one saying for a while that i felt bad for the live guys because they got scammed into like a pyramid scheme where they couldn't get out but now i feel bad for the pga tour guys because they were like all loyalty all and now like what is that loyalty getting them it's getting them like now they're in ties with the same people that they didn't want to be in bed with in the first place and like bryson literally went on cnn today and was being like oh yeah like you know, basically saying like, everybody makes mistakes about the people who did 9-11. Like, that's a Hannah Montana song, not people who did 9-11. I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty awful, pretty awful. Well, I know we got a lot of stuff that we still have to flesh out. You're on vacation. Go to dinner. Enjoy yourself. We will talk more when you come back. And certainly we'll be in touch over text as always. But in the meantime, I guess we just continue to watch how this all unfolds. Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just hope more um, earth-shattering sports news doesn't happen while I'm on vacation. Literally this morning, Lionel Messi went to the uh, MLS. Like, I was like, can we please stop ha- like having sports things happen while like I'm gone, please? Uh, well, enjoy yourself. Say hi to the family. I will. I know that maybe we can just do that. We can just you know shut up, sit back, let it unfold. But I don't. I don't feel like that's something that we need to do. I mean, well, uh, how do you ingest all of this? What are yeah. you, are, is anything going to change for you? I like, I mean, like I said earlier, I, it, right now today, I don't know if I want to watch golf. Uh, I know we have the RBC Canadian open this weekend. I don't know how much of it I was going to watch prior to this, just because once again, you know, week before the U S open week in week out, I've got stuff going on. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, 
think that I'm now I really don't think that I'm going to tune in much at all if if at all uh at this point I don't even know how much of the U.S. Open I want to watch once again we'll see next week I'm sure once it actually gets going on and we get closer to Thursday and we feel like it's just you know golf pure golf happening um that may change my mind um to those that may say just shut up and watch golf we have microphones in front of us. So why do we need to just shut up and watch golf? Uh, this is what we do. We come on here and we talk, you know, whether people agree with what we say or not, you know, then that's up to them. But I mean, that's kind of right. what the whole concept of having this podcast is, is. We just come on and share our thoughts and our feelings. So if they don't like those ones, then okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And that's always the way it's been. And it's always going to be that way too. Um, so one of the last things I want to talk about really quickly, uh, just to kind of zero in on Rory, um, you know, obviously at the time of this recording, Rory was just finishing up his press conference ahead of this week's tournament. Prior to that, of course, Rory was basically the de facto face of the tour. He was the one that was out there. He was, you know, obviously putting his hide on the line, I guess, with any comments. And he's done a decent job. He's very eloquent. He's very professional in what he says. He's very thoughtful, but he also didn't hold back. But now he's in this situation and he even we even started to see shades of this during the press conference where, like you mentioned, he's still after a long sigh, supportive of Jay. He still hates live in his words and he wants it to go away. But he, quote unquote, believes this is better for the future of the game. From your perspective, Dan, if you're Rory McIlroy, what's going through your head where do you, what, how do you make sense of all this? First off, I'm Rory. I'm thinking to myself, um, <laughs> Monaghan better give me that 3 million back or he better not actually go through with that fine at this point because uh, right. he owes me w- that plus a lot more money uh, for starters. Uh, the, I think the, the biggest thing that I th- took from it that I thought was the most surprising, obviously, you know, I kind of expected him to say, yeah, I still hate live. I kind of expected him to say, um, yeah, you know, I'm still here for the tour because at this point, what else is he going to say? He's already been back into such a corner that he can't kind of get out of that. But the thing that surprised me the most is that he said that he's come to terms with the Saudi money. Uh, he mentioned that yeah. he's seen he's seen what's happened in other sports. Obviously, he's a big English Premier League fan. So this concept of the Saudis buying into sport is not new to him. Uh, and, you know. And so he's basically just said, I've, I throw my hands in the air and I give up to it and I accept it. And that to me was surprising. Cause yeah, it's one thing for you to say, okay, this is where we're at. We can't do anything about it anymore. Yeah. I still hate live. Yeah. I'm still loyal to the tour, but even if you know that your checks are essentially going to be signed by the Saudis, you don't have to necessarily be okay with it. I mean, right. sure. If, if you're, if you don't have any other options as far as employment and way to make money. Okay. But you don't have to come out and say, I'm okay with it. So the fact that he came out and said like, yeah, I've just kind of accepted it. And it is what it is now. Like it, 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 he's, he, he gave off defeated. He was very much a defeated man today. And everything that he said kind of showed that. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all because Jay Monahan has sat in his office for the last, what, 16 months or 18, however long it's been now and let Rory take every shot. And he right. has he has thrown Rory out to slaughter for the last you know sixteen eighteen however many months it's been now, and yeah, Rory's just like I just don't know what to do anymore. I give up, and yeah, I can't really say I blame him for it. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, I feel sorry for the guy. I know that there's a, a probably a group of listeners, or and certainly people out there that are probably happy and probably you know 
there's always two sides to everything. And there's probably people that say, oh, Rory got what was coming to him. He's a clown or whatever. Things that I've seen on social, you know, it's a tough thing for him to be in when success, his success, getting to where he is in the game kind of made him that person that needs to be out there and take those shots. Like you mentioned, you know, tiger being another one, you know, we have yet to hear anything from camp tiger. I don't know what it'll be. I imagine it's going to be similar to what we heard from uh, the statement from Jack Nicholas, where basically they took the high road and said, you know, anything that unifies golf is a good thing. And, and maybe that's the end of the story here. You know, obviously it's not the literal end of the story. We'll continue to cover it as things unfold. But like you said, which I think you put nicely, you don't have to like where the checks are coming from, especially when you don't have any other option. And this is your chosen career path, you know, because what's the alternative? They're going to quit golf. I mean, that's not going to happen. And so hopefully, at least I'm hopeful that uh, in the future, things will eventually become more clear. Hopefully things will die down in terms of the uproar that we're feeling right now, just like anything. That's usually what happens. And maybe this is much ado about nothing. I mean, I guess that's probably the one hope that we could all have. But um, anyway, any closing thoughts? Obviously, this is going to be an ever evolving story. I know you've got to hop on a plane very soon. But any any closing thoughts on this saga, at least to this point? Um, just that there are way more questions than answers at this point. And um, as we start to see those answers come in, so to say, it's going to be very interesting. First off, what those answers are, A, and then B, um, how those answers kind of shape the way that golf continues, men's professional golf uh, continues both uh, in this country and around the world. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And in the meantime, you and I can continue to go out on golf courses and play our bad golf like we always do. And uh, hopefully <laughs> well, that's, that's not stopping that's me. Don't important. worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, well, uh, like I said, listeners, we're going to continue to cover this as much as we can. We'll try to get some comments from Nikki as well. She's uh, she's on vacation at Hilton Head Island. And um, she was, I know, a little frustrated. She's like, they couldn't have waited until I got back from vacation. So we'll, we'll definitely try to get her thoughts on this as well. But in the meantime, you can follow us at Golf Unfiltered everywhere. Quick reminder that this is brought to you by our friends at Bridgestone Golf as well. Thank you so much to all of you who continue to listen. We'll continue to cover. Let us know your thoughts. You can reach out to us as well.